Today I'm going to be speaking about Father's Day. It doesn't mean that the ladies and the students and the people who are not a father, it does not mean that this does not go hand in hand because it's just Father's Day, so we're going to talk about Father's Day, so we're going to talk about dads, we're going to talk about those things. So you guys, as I say, hey dads or hey fathers, just you know, bear with me. The word is the word regardless, so it doesn't matter, you know what I'm saying? You guys with me? All right, you guys ready to have a little bit of fun? My goal today for the father specifically, my goal today is that fathers walk out of this room absolutely blessed. That's a good goal, right? Oh, come on. We want dad, dads. They're like the heroes. Listen, I was a youth pastor for 18 years, and we always would end up having those little breakouts where you get people off to the side, and they're doing the small groups, and like, hey, tell me who your hero is. And you know what the answer is nine times out of ten, right? It's my dad. And it doesn't matter if it's a deadbeat dad or a hero dad. It's always Dad. Dad is always the hero. So it's crazy. So today, because of that, I want fathers to walk out of this room completely, totally, radically blessed. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. So Father, Father, you are the man. What I just said is so true. They, you are the heroes. We, even though you don't think so, not even if you don't think so, because I know it's true that you don't think so, even if you put up the facade, because we have this thing going on inside of us, inside of us, where we know our flaws, we know our downfalls, we know what we do. And so when someone says, oh, you're a hero, we instantly go, ah, stop, right? But you are, you're heroes. Fathers, we share a name that God has. has. He is Father, and he gave us the honor to share that name. And, and I don't take that lightly. It's a big deal that we would be called fathers, um, he has entrusted us with this. We, we're, called, we're called to be a reflection of God to our families and our communities. We get to lead. We get to encourage. We get to grow, inspire people every day. And if you look at the resemblance, that's just what God does. That's just what God does. He leads. He encourages. He grows. He inspires. He fills us up. And dads, this is what we do by default. Unless the wind is taken out of our sails. Unless we feel like we're not good enough. Unless we don't understand the biblical principles of what God says and what God has done, you're still leading. It's just not what it's supposed to be. Amen? Does that make sense? There's, a, there's an identity issue that takes place inside of me. I don't even have to talk about you guys. This sermon's all for me today. Inside of me that I know who I am, right? And so therefore, uh, it stinks. It's hard. It's a battle. It's a battle to be a dad. It's a battle to be a father. Um, it, it takes a lot. And especially when you don't feel like you're worthy. So there's good news. Obviously, there's good news. There's Colossians 3.3. 3. It says, for you died, and your life is now hidden in Christ. So my life is no longer, and his is. So if I do this well, if I do this correctly, I align all the stars, and Jesus comes in, this is not Jason who's speaking anymore. It's God. Try wrapping your head around that one. It's, it sounds great in theory, but try playing it out, right? You guys know. To play it out is different. To play it out is different. It's, I understand the concept, and I, and I try to renew my mind daily with that concept. And I try to just program myself, because we are programmable. You know that, right? We're basically just a computer. Put information in, information out. The things that are around you will seep into you. This is just true. What you read, what you listen to, it's just you become that. That's just the way it is. If you haven't figured that out, you're welcome. <laughs> I guess. Um, but when God looks at you, According to this verse, what does he see, right? He sees the perfection of Christ. And it doesn't matter what you did yesterday. It doesn't matter what you did an hour ago. If you have given your life to Christ, 
you believe in God and you've accepted the, this, this gift that he's given you, for you died because you surrendered your life. He gave his life for us. We give our life to him. It's a, it's a swap and it's not an even swap. You definitely got the better end of the deal, amen? Your life is now hidden in Christ. So when God looks at you, he sees the perfection of Jesus, which, yeah. My mind has a deep understanding of who I am. My mind understands the manipulativeness, my flaws, my mistakes. My mind knows what I do, what I think about, the the crazy thoughts that come through your brain. You all have them. Don't look at me like that. (laughs) You all have them. It's what you do with them when they come that matters. My mind has a deep understanding of who I am. But my spirit has had a revelation of who I am. You see the difference? My mind is going, you suck. (laughs) And my spirit says, ah, beautiful thing. I don't. I've actually been redeemed. I've actually, everything has been paid for in full by the blood of the lamb. I didn't earn it. I don't deserve it. But this is the reality that breaks you down and just makes you face this brand new reality of, wow, in the spirit, my true identity, my true identity, the vision, the goals, the joy, the eternal perspective, not this short-term vision, the eternal perspective and the honor to be called a son of the most high king. It's like no, it's like nothing you'll ever experience again, ever. And we have it right here at our fingertips. And sometimes we forget. Sometimes we like to listen to the lies. Sometimes we like to listen to the condemnation of the enemy. You know the difference between condemnation and conviction, right? Condem- they're very similar. They both make you feel a little crappy. It's like you do something wrong and all of a sudden, boom, you got these thoughts and this stuff. And the condemnation is everything that the enemy is yelling in your ear, telling you what a loser you are. And it pushes you away from God. You want to hide under a rock somewhere. You want to get as far away from God as you can because the closer you get to God, the worse you feel, this condemnation. But the, that's a lie. That's the enemy's voice. Then there's conviction. Conviction pushes you back to the foot of the cross in total and complete humility and repentance saying, God, I'm so sorry. God, I turn away. There's a big difference, but it's a very fine line. We want the conviction, Obviously. He says this, in 2 Corinthians 5.17, he says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The new has come. The new creation has come. The old is gone, and the new is here. The old is gone. Sometimes it doesn't feel like that. But what has happened in the spiritual realm is this. This is the truth. It doesn't matter what you think. It doesn't matter what your brain is saying, what the little whispers are saying. We live in a world that is not necessarily um, the kingdom of God, amen, right? This is this darkness everywhere. It's evil everywhere. It's sin-filled everywhere. And so we're in this world, but we're not to be of this world, right? There's a difference. We have to believe. That's why it's so important to be in the word. That's why dads, fathers, men leading your families, your congregations, your whatever, your friends, your businesses. If you're not in the word, you're missing everything we're talking about today, You probably can't perceive what we're talking about because there hasn't been a constant washing of the word. It's just true. Been doing this too long to to even entertain the other observation. God wants to restore each and every one of you. So dads, fathers, moms, daughters, sons, uncles, aunts, crazy uncles. Yeah, I saw you out there. He wants to restore us. 
He wants to restore us and, and our families. He wants to restore his people. It, it, he wants to restore you, I would say, even to something that you've never seen. We've all had peaks in our relationships with God. We've all had these highs and lows, and some of them are higher than others. Some are lower than other. But God wants to restore you to the fullness of him. Everything that he paid for, paid in full, we are his. And when it, when it comes to that point to where the old is gone and the new has come, that's, that means something. That's, that means something. Today, we live in a generation that does not understand one, one teeny, teeny bit of what I just talked about. And it's this fatherless generation. Chris Dobek talked about it this morning. I was like, hey, that's my notes. <laughs> it's the fatherless generation. This is where we live. There's not a lot of fathers. Obviously, there's lots of people who are fathers, but you understand what I'm saying. People who are willing to stand when it's time to stand. People who are willing to shut up when it's time to shut up. <laughs> right? There's all of the right things. We live in this generation, and it shows there's 90% of all runaway children come from a fatherless home. 85% of the ones with behavioral issues, fatherless home. 71% of teenage pregnancies, fatherless home. 71% of high school dropouts, 63% of youth suicides, and 85% of prison inmates. This is what fatherlessness gets us. This is where we go. This is where we're heading. And we have to do something about it. We have to do something about it. There's people in this room, you're fatherless. You consider yourself fatherless. You've been fatherless, whatever. If you are, I want to speak to you for a moment. <clears throat> I feel like you need to know that God wants you to know that you do have a father. You do. You really do. And he doesn't love you with an imperfect love like I love people. He doesn't love you with um, the stipulations on the line. He loves you with a perfect love. Absolutely perfect love. He will never forsake you. So hear me. If you think you're fatherless in this room, you're dead wrong. You actually have the perfect father. He loves you with this love that is absolutely perfect and never will, will he fail you, ever. He is so proud of you. He is so proud of you. He is so proud of who you are and the things you've overcome. He, his love for you is so perfect. It's unwavering. And you are the apple of his eye. Hear me out. He is dying to know you. He loves you more than life itself, and he proved it. In John 3.16, the verse that we all know, God loved the world so much he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. This is what he thinks about you. He thinks you're worth it. The highest price anybody could ever pay, that's what he paid for you. You're not fatherless. You have the perfect father. Maybe your dad ran out on you when you were young. Maybe your dad was a total jerk, abusive, all the stuff, right? We, have, we know all the stories and they're all true. Well, most of them. But this is the thing, is that God is the perfect father and he'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He cares for you so much, so deeply. And he wants to restore you. He actually just wants to tell you who you actually are. That's all it is. You're off, we're out of, we're not where we're supposed to be. We're off chart. We're navigating this life in a place where God never called you to be. It's the condemnation of the enemy that pushes you away from people that love you. It's the condemnation of the enemy that is sitting here pushing you away and trying to silence you and tell you what a dirty, low-down piece of trash you are. And if he speaks in lies, because that's his native, the Bible says his native tongue is lies, reverse that and talk about what a present, what a 
What a present. What a gift you are. It's deep. So dads, fathers, we have to have our lives built on the rock. We cannot be shifted. We cannot be shaken because wind does come. Storms do come. Amen? Taxes do come. Bills do come. Money stinks. (laughs) All the stuff, man. It's going to come. But your life built on the rock, on Jesus Christ as the firm foundation, washing yourself in the word, just dedicated to him. What we are doing right now is not enough to shift the culture. Hear me out. You saw the statistics. It's going in the wrong direction. It's going the wrong direction. I know people will be like, well, yeah, but end times and re-revelations and it's gonna da-da-da. That doesn't mean we have to. And our divorce rate is just as bad as their divorce rate. There's There's just as much trash happening within this kingdom culture right here as there is in the worldly culture. We have to fix it. The reason people don't go to church is because the church is filled with a bunch of hypocrites. And I'm like, yeah, you're not wrong, but that's not the point. (laughs) That's not a very good sales pitch at all, for the record. (laughs) People are like, yeah, I'm I'm, out of here. But you don't understand. I'm redeemed. You don't understand what God says. There's a revelation that has to take place. There's a revelation that has to take place. In fact, let's pray real quick right now. Mid-sermon, Jesus, we pray for a revelation. God, our minds want to say so much. This world wants to tell us so much. Father, I pray for a revelation. And if you want a revelation right now, just raise your hand. God, I pray for every person that's raising their hand right now. God, that you would give them a revelation of your love, a revelation of who you are. And I declare your kingdom come and your will be done. God, that it wouldn't be us and our minds and our heads, God. We would not walk around in our insecurities, but God, that we would have a revelation of your love and who you say we are in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We have to do something different. Whatever we've been doing is not working. So we have to have this ridiculous level up encounter with the Holy Spirit, revelation from God about my identity, whatever you want to call it. The culture has to shift and we have to do something about it. We mess up a lot, okay? You see the, the back and forth. This is who we are. We mess up. But it doesn't change who we are. But dang, do we stink. <laughs> Paul. He, he had this problem, right? And you guys know this. Romans 7.15. If you've never read Romans, read Romans. Read Romans. You, your mind will just be like, oh my gosh, I didn't know. Paul was a real person. I do not understand what I do for what I want to do. I do not. But what I hate, I do. Oh man, read the whole thing. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's like, oh, relatable, sir. It's a lot of pressure. You might see to do the things we're talking about today. You might be like, oh man, that's so much pressure. I'm not Jesus. But you are his ambassador. You are his ambassador. You have been called and chosen and picked out and you are his representation. And it even says it, right? 2 Corinthians 5.20. It says, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. That's who you are. You're his representation and not just in church. Let's not be confused. On the job site. That's actually more important because we already know. (laughs) He says, we implore you on Christ's behalf, 
be reconciled to God. You are his ambassador. You are his chosen. You are his mouthpiece. You are his representation. You are supposed to be salt and light. You are supposed to be his mouth, his hands, his feet, him. You are dead and gone. He is alive and here. Or you're not. The struggle is real. It sounds like a lot of pressure. How in the heck do I do that? How in the world do I manage to do the crazy, insane thing you just talked about? I don't know, but when you guys figure it out, let me know. See ya. <laughs> just kidding. I really don't, but I do at the same time. I mean, obviously, there's no perfect science to this, but man, it's this daily grind. You guys know about the daily grind? You better know about the daily grind. If you don't know about the daily grind, you're missing life. You're missing everything God has for you. The answer is this. You ready? Show up. Show up. Show up to the ball game that you said you were going to show up to. Show up to the conversation with your kid. Spend some time listening. Show up to the date night that you've been promising your spouse and promising your spouse and promising your spouse and promising your spouse. Show up to the job site. In fact, show up early. Show up early. That's actually the answer that the Iron Cowboy, if you guys don't know who that is, I'll tell you in a minute. That's the answer he gave when he was talking about doing impossible things. He said this too, and man, oh, buckle up. I hope if you get offended easy, get ready. He said, shake off the entitlement, shake off the excuses, and be what you want. Man, are we entitled. I hate that word. Hate that word. In fact, Every time I try to think of that word without it written, being written in front of me, I draw a blank. I think that's a God-given thing. <laughs> I don't know. I'm like in, 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 you know, the one where everybody thinks they deserve everything in the world. People are like, oh, entitlement. I'm like, yeah, that. I hate it because I see it in myself. That's why I hate it. I see it in, obviously, here and there, everybody. But in me, that's why I hate it. The Iron Cowboy, man, he said, shake off your entitlement. How do you do this? Crazy feet. You can't. You can't. You're too entitled. You think you deserve to sleep in a little bit more. You think you deserve that extra whatever. You think you deserve. You think you deserve. You think you deserve. He said, stop it. Shake it off. Get rid of your excuses and be what you want to be. Like, dude, I'm not even sure this guy's a Christian for the record. It's very Christian-like. Sometimes we need to stop trying to be and just be. Let that sink in. You're doing it in your own strength. Of course you cannot do it. Of course it's impossible. You think you can? You can't, Nemo. You can't do it. But you really can't. You remember what happened to Nemo. <laughs> you can't. It, literally, the Bible is so clear on your weakness being the key to you winning. It's so clear on you not being the ultimate champion of the world, but literally the servant of all. It's evident that we're supposed to give, not take. He made it very clear, and then he did it and said, now do that. He said, do what I just did. (laughs) Imagine the little kid, your kid, in your house, goes into the fridge, grabs food. That's normal. Well, depending, but it's normal. Or sits down at the dinner table and eats the dinner. Does that kid think, wow, I'm entitled to this? I mean, kind of. But he didn't try to muster up the strength to think, oh man, I don't know if I deserve this. Yeah, I do. I do. I really do. I deserve this. I made smoked ribs last night. Mm. The kids mowed them down, my grandkids. They mowed them down. 
They were throwing them down like crazy. They were just, boom, they were eating them. And it was awesome. Never once did they have the thought, I'm not sure I've earned the right to eat this, Papa. They didn't say that. So there's this, there's this weird thing where there's this entitlement like, yes, I've earned it. They don't have to think that. They don't have, they stop trying to be entitled to have what's, what's right, rightfully theirs. And they just are. That's the way God wants us to be. Dude, grab that. You don't have to fight it. You just have to be it. God's got all kinds of crazy things for you, for your life, and it really comes in resting in him. We have to hit this reset button that's in our heart and in our mind every single day. We have to be a brand new creation in Christ Jesus. You are one step away from leading champions. Ladies and gentlemen, the first champion that you need to lead is yourself. We're one step away from leading champions and doing epic things for the kingdom of God. But if we can't lead this, how can you lead that? So this guy, James Lawrence, the Iron Cowboy, who's, who's heard of him? Raise your hand if you've heard of him. Oh my gosh. Of course, of course Chuck has. Of course you have. Do you know what an Iron Man race is? Psychos. mile swim, a 112 mile bike ride, and then 26.2. 26.2, that's your regular marathon. That's okay. That's crazy enough. You know who I'm talking to. And and then you got all of it combined into one, into one day, back to back without stopping. Anybody ever do one? Raise your hand if you've done one of these. I knew it. Psycho. I love it. I love it. I'm so inspired by this guy. So this is what he looks like. He is a wrestler from back in the day, loves MMA, and he gets married to his queen. He likes to work out at the gym. That's his thing, right? Um, gets married to his queen, and she says, hey, want to do a fun run? And he said exactly what anybody in their right mind would say. You can't put fun and run in the same sentence. I'm sorry, right? <laughs> and so he did it, and it was, I don't remember if it was a 5K. I don't know what it was. He did it. He was not a fan. He's like, that was dumb. And people made fun of him. And he was like, whatever, I'll beat you up because he does MMA. And life goes on. His wife says, hey, throws him his things. Says, I signed you up for a marathon. He said, what's a marathon? She's like, it's 26.2 miles. He said, why? She said, figure it out, man. You got six months. So he trained, I think, a little bit. And then he went and did this marathon. He hated every minute of it. And then he gets uh, to the restaurant. I think it was like a B-dubs. He went and watched MMA fights because they were on. He said, I sat there for four hours. I went to get up. And he's like, I couldn't stand up. He said, I'm an athlete. He said, I'm an athlete. And I'm in a room filled with the most testosterone filled, you know, everywhere. And I'm like, look, I can't stand up. I look down. My knees are the size of cantaloupes. He's like, what the heck? I got wheelchaired out of the restaurant, he says. Wheelchaired out of the restaurant. Like, that was the stupidest thing. I am a wrestler. I don't have good knees. My knees are bad because I ran. And he said, you know what I realized? I realized that my knees were not bad because I ran. They were bad because I don't run. And he flips this switch that's in his brain. Well, you can't deny the cantaloupe knees, right? How can you? No, he did. He said, no, forget that. I need to run correctly. I need to do this right. He ends up running, uh, he ends up doing a bunch of races. Then he goes into an Ironman, does the Ironman. Then he says, that's not enough. Then he ends up doing 30 Ironmans in 30 days. 
No, it doesn't stop there. Then he says, that's not enough. I can do more than that. He says, I want to do 50 Ironmans in 50 days in 50 states. And he went all over the country and 50, how? How in the world? It's impossible. You psychopath. And then he says, you know what? Then I thought about it. And I thought, I'm going to do 75. And he stopped. I said, I can't do 75. And they said, why not? He said, because it doesn't scare me. It's too easy. I know I can do it. And they said, I have to do 100. And in 2021, James Lawrence did 100 Ironman races back to back for 100 days. And he was whoo, wrecked. How? How can you do that? How can you physically do that? It's not about the physical. It's not, neither is your race. It's about the mental. He said, you have to be mentally strong. He said, this is his answer. You know how you do it? They said, tell, tell us the secret, man. We need to know. He said, you show up. That's the whole answer. You show up. Dads, get what I'm saying. We show up. We do the things we're supposed to do. We do the things that are right and we know the right. And it doesn't matter what this culture is whispering in your ear. What's right is right and the word is right. His kingdom come. That's what's right. guy's crazy. How do you do it? You show up. The finish was never in his mind. Write this down. He said, you cannot train for a hundred triathlons. You must adapt and evolve every day. You cannot train for it. It's impossible. You can't. There's, no, there's nothing that will prepare you for that. He said, you have to, you have to adapt and evolve. I'm reading my notes. Show up. He said, this is what I had to do. I had to shake off the entitlement because he was entitled. He was entitled for a break, man. If anybody deserves a break, that guy. He says, shake off the entitlement. I had to shake off the excuses and I had to be what I wanted to be. It's about mental toughness and God gives us that. God gives us the ability. The battle is won. We just have to accept it. God has given us the ability to take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. And we choose not to do that. We choose to do that. The choice is yours. It's in the balance. The choice is yours. Generations of kids that are being raised right now depend on the culture that you establish in this little glimpse, this little vapor that is your life. Entitlement, shake it off. The excuses, kill them. Be what you want. It's about your mental toughness. And, 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 and whether you know this or not, you can do anything. Not in your strength. Don't be wrong. Don't, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. You have nothing to offer except the fact that you've been chosen by God himself. Except the fact that Jesus gave his life for you. I want to be that mission-minded. I want to be that mission-focused, not to run a marathon. I will, listen, one day, Chuck, maybe, I don't know. We'll see. It's not my goals right now, but I do have goals, and they're kingdom-focused. That's so much more important to me than the, the physical aspect. This life, money, this, all the stuff we have to have, absolutely, be diligent, be a good man, do what you're supposed to do. But dang it, there's a kingdom, eternal perspective here that we miss. We glaze over every single day. I want to be that mission-minded in my life that's dedicated to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And one last story I'm going to end with this is this. In 1518, 
Hernando Cortez arrived to the mainland with 11 ships, 500 men, and a few canyons and cannons and 13 horses. They were going to conquer the city of gold, the Aztec. They were like, they're mission-minded, they were going for it, and they were all in. They land, and many had tried, and many had failed. There's been a lot of death, a lot of battles, a lot of wars on this coast. His men started to get scared. They started to get frightened. They started to shake in their boots. Cortez gave the order. He said, burn the ships. Burn the ships? That's how we're going to go home. (laughs) Nope, burn the ships. Either we're going to die here or we're going home in their ships. Hear me out. It's time to burn the ships. We always leave ourselves a back door open. We always leave ourselves an escape route in case we decide to pull our punch. In this case, we decide to, to do something that you know you're not supposed to do. These men conquered the city of gold. They conquered it. They won. They defeated it. That, that's history, right? You look that up. There's all kinds of documentaries on it and YouTube videos and everything else. It's time for us to make history. It's time for us to burn the ships and burn the bridge and burn anything that allows you to go back to where you came from. It needs to be burned. It needs to die. It needs to die. You have been empowered by the Holy Spirit to change lives. And I'm not saying you need to be going around doing crazy things. You just be who God created you to be and you will be salt and you will be light and the message of the kingdom will be preached. And we use words. So this is where we're going to end with this. Men, if you don't mind, the honor. We're going to worship together. We got the last songs, the blessing. And families, I would love to wrap your arms and lay your hands and pray over your men. Just as we worship this time, whenever you feel led, go lay your hands and pray for somebody. We're going to worship together. And so if this message touched you today and you're like, I, it's time. I got to kick it into gear. Whatever God inspired you to do. This isn't just a motivational speech. Hear me out. This isn't just Coach Jason up here, right? This is my passion, is that you would know who you are in such a way that your life would radically change from this day forward, and everybody in your legacy would just be shifted, changed radically. So Father, I thank you for this time. I thank you for these men and these women, these families represented here. God, I pray for life change to take place here today. I ask God for an outpouring of your spirit, God, as we begin to worship you today. Come on, stand to your feet right now with me. If you begin, as we begin to worship you today, God, that you would just pour out your Holy Spirit. God, that we would walk out of this place blessed. We would walk out transformed, changed, God. We surrender all to you. Jesus, we don't want to go back to where we came from. Father, we don't want to go back and do the things that we've done. Lord, the old is gone. The new has come. So Father, fill us up with your Holy Spirit. God, give us a revelation. God, give us a revelation of who you say that we are in this place. God, we bless you. We praise you. In Jesus' name.